page 28, 27 rather, um, line 59. So yesterday we're talking about the difference between Yaakov and Avram and Yitzchak. Avram and Yitzchak were perfect tzaddikim, and their offspring, Esav and Yishmol, were not perfect. But the Torah says that they remain perfect. How did they remain perfect? Because they completely expelled the evil from them. Although they, although they had children that weren't tzaddikim, the, the Torah's description of the relationship... 27. 16, 16 pages maximum. Yeah, but you'll see, there's a, there's a number in the bottom. Oh, okay. it's okay. The Torah's description of the relationship of Esav to, to Yitzchak and to Avram is that Avram, it came out of him, a Yishmol. Yitzchak, it came out of him, an Esav. They came out of them. They have no connection to them at all. They're, they're, they, have, they repelled their, they expelled their negativity from their existence. And on a personal level, what that means is for ourselves is that, that, that we have, um, if you have a good character trait like Avram, of kindness, that kindness could be, um, could have a negative impact if you're too kind to the wrong person. As uh, so yesterday, the expression that we liked, the, if you're too, too good is a adulterer, too from is a priest, and too, um, too smart is a heretic. So, so, so the idea of expelling the Esav and expelling Yishmol from your midst means that your God-given gift of kindness has to be used in the way that Hashem wants it to be used. Expel the, the traces of negativity and the consequences that, where it may lead you. Then there is, a, uh, there is Yaakov. And Yaakov, uh, all of his children are perfect. So what is unique about Yaakov is not that his children are naturally perfect, it's that they become perfect. We discussed yesterday Ruvain. Ruvain, it seems on the surface that he did something wrong. And the Gemara has to tell us, oh, it wasn't wrong, he didn't do a sin because Ruvain, don't think it, 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 it sounds like he did one thing, it's really something else. But more the Gemara says, Hashem told Ruvain, you're the first one that did Shuva. No one has ever b- b- before made a mistake and done Shuva. So what's unique about Yaakov, not that his children are Sadiqim, is that his children, and they're, they're in this like, like perfect zone of seclusion, they're, they're in some, you know, they're, in, they're, lift, they're from Nebrak, and they're secluded, and they're insulated, and they're only in this holy environment, and that's how they became the, 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 the 12 tribes. No. Mm-hmm. What's unique about them is that they're in a state of, of, of confusion, and even a state of succumbing to the confusion. And yet, they're able to turn around and transform it to good, as Yeruvim did. That's what's unique about Yaakov. Not that he is... Um, just a perfect tzaddik, but that he is able to engage with the opposite and to transform it. And this is also what we see in the coming Torah portions about Yaakov meeting Lavan, Yaakov meeting Esav, and transforming, uh, transforming them. So this is, um, this is going to help us get towards our, uh, our, our question. Our question was, why is it that Yaakov... Um, was our question. We were discussing how there's three, three different eras in Yaakov's life and um, there's an era where he is with his father in Israel, there's an era when he is with Lavan, the sheep and there's an era in Egypt the best years of his life. And the question was um, if Yaakov was better it seems than our forefathers Avram and Yitzhak because all of his children are tzaddikim, so how come he reaches his perfection outside of Israel. How come he reaches his perfection specifically in the worst place in the world, Chor Nafshal the place that angered Hashem the most? 
how does that fit with the perfection of Yaakov? Yaakov had nothing negative in him, and yet he is, he's engaging in all this negative stuff. And so I think where we're headed is, is that, um, that Yaakov's ability is, to, is to, to transform the negative. That's what's unique about Yaakov. Unlike Avon Yitzhak, who expelled it, Yaakov has the ability to transform it. Okay, let's go to Ezdal again. Kishem. Yaakov's bed is complete does not only mean that he has children who are perfectly righteous, but it also means he has children who are bali tshuva, or able to turn around and to transform the negative to good. The reason why Yaakov was able to do this, is why his children were like this, it started from Yaakov himself. It wasn't just something Yaakov taught to his children, it was something that happened to Yaakov. Yaakov had three eras in his life. There was the era that he lived in Israel. Living in Israel spiritually means living in a place in your soul that wants to, wants to do the will of Hashem. The word land of Israel, land comes from the word desire. What is, what is the, the desire of the land of Israel? To the will of Hashem. Yisrael means to dominate, to dominate forces that, are, that, are, uh, that need to be dominated. That's like a tzaddik. A tzaddik vanquishes his Yitzhahara, he expels the Yitzhahara, he kills the Yitzhahara. That's a tzaddik. But in addition to Yaakov living in the land of Yisrael, in addition to Yaakov having that holy environment in his life, Yaakov also leaves the borders of holiness. He's outside of Israel. He's outside that beautiful space. He's outside that zone of wanting to do the will of Hashem, which means Yaakov has the, um, is connected to tshuva. Not just connected to the, the, to the tzaddikim, Yaakov's connected to tshuva. He's connected to being in the not good space and transforming it. Himself, and that's why he had this, he imbues this to his children. And if you saw this, um, this great series of classes from Rishay's Taub about, about um, parenting, and one of the things he says is that you're always, the goal of a parent is not to uh, police their children. The goal of the parent is to, um, is to imbue values in their children. And you're always imbuing values. Whatever's happening in you is being transferred to your children, whether you want to or not. So that's, that's what they're saying here. Yaakov himself leaves Israel. Yaakov himself enters a physical space, which is not the will of Hashem, and, and that's why he's able to imbue his children with this ability to, to rise out of that, that kind of space themselves. Now we understand why Yaakov's main perfection is in the most odd places. It's in Haran, it's in Mitzrayim. The word, the word outside of Israel, as we just said, means to be outside the will of Hashem, not wanting to the will of Hashem. The word Haran means a place that angers Hashem. The word Egypt means a place of limitations. So that's, these are the places where Yaakov achieves the most. The Adrabe. It's not just Yaakov also achieves things there, but the opposite. It's dafka idea It's specifically through Yaakov being outside the land of Israel that he achieves the highest and purest level of tshuva. Now, 
he achieves a, a higher place spiritually than, than when he was, was in Israel. As the Gemara says, the place where Balshuva stands, a tzaddik gomer, a perfect tzaddik, is not able to stand there. He achieves a higher connection to Hashem outside of Israel. Therefore, where was his main service of Hashem? Where were his main achievements? Where he built his home? Where are the Jewish people from? Where, were, where is our home... Uh, our hometown, our hometown is Haran. The Jewish people come from Haran. That's the Jewish people who were built in Haran. That would, and where were the best years of Yaakov's life? Where did, he, where did he reach the perfection of his life? Where did he pass away, which is, as learned yesterday, the perfection of life? In Mitzrayim. Why? What does perfection mean? It's not that you're totally divested from a war against things that hide Hashem. Rather, the goal is that you should be in the place of that hides Hashem when despite all of the different challenges of Charan, of Mitzrayim, to overcome them and to stand strong. But to take them to transform them to holiness and goodness. To transform the darkness to good. Through tshuva, you're able to negate the possibility of of um, the opposite the, the, of there being the opposite of goodness. In other words, when you're not in this situation, it's like it's like, it's like similar to what the Chassid explains the difference between numbers of one, two, and three. The Torah was given it's in the third in the third month after left Mitzrayim. Three days of preparation to a people of three, calling them Yisraelim, towards a book of three. So, Chesed always asks, what's the thing with the number three? Isn't the number one the number that, that is more associated with, with Hashem and truth? Hashem's oneness. Hashem is one. So, Chesed explains that that's not the goal of the Torah. The goal of the Torah is not to be in a pristine state where you're not challenged. The goal of the Torah is to be in a place of two, in a place of division, and multiplicity, where it looks like there are many forces, and there to make three, what does, what does number three mean? To bring the oneness of Hashem in a place of, in the place which, which challenges the oneness of Hashem. Chaim. Someone was telling me this morning, as a friend, they have, the, they have this group of guys that get together and they do, um, they uh, exercise together. So one of them is now in Gaza, and he was saying how he is... Um, He's so excited about the fact that they, they he got some things from a gym over there in Gaza, and he's manning, he's able to do, do do exercise with with the weights and stuff they got in Gaza, and so he's using their weights to make him stronger to fight them, right? So that's 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 what we're talking about. That's in of Yaakov. Yaakov is to go in the place of Har, in the place of Mitzrayim, and to transform Har and to transform Mitzrayim itself to holiness. Yaakov Avinu, bottom of the page. Yaakov was a perfect tzaddik, and yet he also had the advantage of a bal tshuva. So, so he's beyond the regular bal tshuva. A regular bal tshuva, um, although the Gemara says it, that a place where a bal tshuva stands, a tzaddik cannot stand, what if you're a tzaddik and you're a bal tshuva? Then you could do even more. Um, with big dogma, next column, la savat sadaikai, but you have to lost love. 
it's similar to how things will be when Mashiach will come, where it says that Mashiach will cause tzaddikim to do tshuva. He'll give tzaddikim the ability to, um, to, to feel the, the, the virtue and to, to feel that yearning of a bal tshuva. How did Yaakov achieve this? By him transforming the, the sparks of holiness in the home of Lavan, the sheep of Lavan, in Charan. Until he is able to even transform love in himself and to refine Esav. And then he's able to also elevate Egypt. In the same place that Yaakov was afraid that they would embalm him and make him into an idol. What did he achieve in that place? In that place of, of where there was really yesterday, it seems like the lowest kind of things in the place of, of they want to make him into an idol. Yeah, but what happens over there? In the place where they should have made him into an idol, he, he, what happens is the opposite. He causes that that place itself decides to bring him to Israel, to bury him in Israel. Um, just one thing about the um, transformation of Lavan. Um, the Mzitcha um, Magad said, that the reason why we have that part of the story where Yaakov runs away, Lavan chases after him, that whole thing happened because Yaakov elevated many sparks in Lavan's home, but he didn't elevate all the sparks. So what happened to the remaining sparks? So the letters of the Torah that describe, in this week's Torah portion, in, uh, I think it's in Chamishi, which, which describe the, um, the, the uh, um, encounter of Yaakov and Lavan, those letters were created by the remaining sparks of holiness in Lavan's house. So by him running away, so those sparks of holiness, Lavan decides to chase after him, that's what Lavan thinks. What's really going on is that there are sparks of holiness that need to go to the realm of holiness, and that's what's motivating the story to happen. The story happening is a, a, a elevation of the sparks becoming part of the, of, the, of the Torah. There's now more words in the Torah. The, the, the words of the Torah are coming from the home of Lavan. If you haven't read comic books, I don't know if you could possibly picture how this is happening. But if you need a little imagination to, to have to picture what's going on over here. There are sparks in Lovin's house. Lovin's deciding to go after, run after Yaakov. And now these sparks are being transformed into the story itself of Lovin chasing after Yaakov. And that's how they're becoming holy. Okay. So after this amazing explanation that we just went through, we have to understand the opposite question. Since Yaakov in Mitzrayim, reached the level of tshuva, he reached the level of yearning. Okay. Yaakov is all about transformation. Darkness to light. Evil to good. Amazing. So then why is the majority of Yaakov's life not in Egypt and Haran? Most of his life was in Israel. Not outside of Israel. Most of his life he was in Israel. Gam, question number two. What does it mean that in Yaakov's life itself there are two stages, two eras, his life in Haran and his life in Mitzrayim? We have two questions. Why does he need to be in Israel so long? Number two, what is this distinction we're making between Haran and Egypt? His explanation is this. The perfect, the perfection of Yaakov's life, him having a perfect bed, means that he serves Hashem in all different levels. That means he has 
a, a service of Hashem as a tzaddik, a service of Hashem as a benini, and a service of Hashem as a rasha. As it says in the Torah, the Eve said to Hashem, you created tzaddik and you created rashaim. And Altar explains in Tanya, it doesn't mean that you actually created rashaim, but you created people, which we have a free choice of going to be, be a tzaddik or not, or a benini or not, but what it means, what, what you've created rashaim means, that Hashem created in people this tendency to... Um, to have thoughts which aren't, which aren't the ones that thoughts are meant to have. That they should rise in their head these kinds of thoughts. They should, they should be attracted to things they shouldn't, they shouldn't go after. And they should push them out of their minds. That's, that's just, just like the Roshayim. And each of these things, each of these three levels, Tzadik, Bein, and Yerusha, we'll see how each of them has an advantage. Malzat Tzadik. What's great about a Tzadik? Who is a tzaddik? A tzaddik is a, perf- a person who is walking in a straight path. He has, in his world, all there is is good. He's only connected with holiness. There's no room in his world, in his life, for anything the opposite of good. In fact, he hates the opposite of good with absolute hatred. That's the advantage of a tzaddik. What about a benini? The advantage of a benini is... The average man, as Alter says, that everyone can be the level that he describes in Tanya as a benini, someone who has the urge to, to do evil, and yet overcomes that urge and does the right thing. This is something that everyone can achieve, Alter says. What is the, what's unique about a benini? He always has a war within him, in his good side and his negative side. And through his efforts, through the benini's efforts, he overcomes and he's victorious in war. Through his effort, he wins the war. He wins the war to the extent, as Altabra says over there, that he never sinned in his life, he never will sin. Although he has attraction to the wrong thing, he never succumbs to it. So his thoughts, his words, his actions, only good. What can happen to him is that the thoughts of Avera, thoughts of sin, can fall into his mind. Avol, who miyad he pushes them away with both hands. He pushes them out of his mind. The moment he realizes that this is a bad thought, he ejects it out of his mind immediately. Okay, so that's the advantage of a Beni. What's so good about a Russia? What's great about a Russia is, is a Russia could do tshuva. A Russia could transform sins done on purpose into mitzvahs. He's able to reach a place where a perfect side cannot reach. So that's what's unique about the Russia. The Russia has an, a gift too that a Baini doesn't have. A Baini only does good. He doesn't have the ability to transform bad to good. A Russia has the advantage. We could say, The power we have to do all these three areas, to, to serve Hashem as a tzaddik, as a benini, as a rasha, to serve Hashem in, um, in a realm where all there is is good, to serve Hashem in a realm where there is a challenge and you overcome the challenge, to serve Hashem in a, in a realm where you've made a mistake, and to turn around to the, fix those mistakes. The power we have for all those things we get from Yaakov. That's the three eras of Yaakov's life: his life in Israel, his life in Charon, his life in Egypt. His service of Hashem in Israel—that's his service of Hashem as a tzaddik in holiness. A land that desires to do the will of Hashem. 
When he's in Kharan, he's outside of Israel, he's outside this place that wants, he's outside an environment that wants the will of Hashem, he's in Lavan's house, that's like the Benini, like the person who is the average man. Has challenges of this world. And he overcomes the challenges and he elevates the space. Then there's Egypt. Egypt is abomination of the earth, the worst of all nations of the world. What's that? That's Baal he is not just outside of Israel. He is in a place where there is an argument, where there is a thought, where there is a perspective. Take Yaakov and make Yaakov an idol. That's the place he's in. And in that space, of which is not just outside the will of Hashem, but it's the opposite. It's about going against Hashem, taking holiness and, and manipulating it towards the opposite. In that space, Yaakov um, not just... Um, overcomes the challenges of that space, but he transforms that space itself to, to holiness. So that's the, the meaning of the three eras of Yaakov's life. This reminds me of something, something similar, uh, the teaching of the Degel Machna Ephraim, unbelievable teaching. Degel Machna Ephraim was a grandson of the Baal Shemta, Baal Shemta had a daughter named Odal, and she had a son named, uh, what was his name, I don't remember, but his safer is Degel Machna Ephraim, and Baal Shemta said about this, about this tzaddik, that even when he was a child, he was a genius, Understanding the purpose of creation, and in, in this in his sefer he writes about the dream of Yaakov. The dream of Yaakov is he sees a ladder, angels going up the ladder, angels going down the ladder. The ladder is standing on the floor, on the earth, and it's reaching the heavens. Is what's the ladder? Is the ladder is life. In life you have a struggle to go up and to go down, and you should know the Baal Shem Tov said. I heard this from my grandfather. It's not his own teaching. Teaching Baal Shem Tov. You should know, he says, that the fact that you fall, and the fact that you have what Baal describes as katnas you have a weak moment in your mind, and you make it, you're, you're, you're in a weak state. That's not by your decision, that's by Hashem's decision. Hashem gives each person this, these moments of, of, of ambivalence and confusion. And why? Because it's a ladder. It's a ladder, it's something that helps you go to a higher place. It's not something that... Um, it's like, oh, how this happened? Um, I must be terrible. I must be so bad. No, it's something Hashem is giving you. Why? Because in order to get to Reish Miyashemayim, in order to get the highest of places, you have to go from, it's from the descent. It's only from a descent. You see someone rising to a whole new place, behind that, beneath that, there's, there was a descent. The, the, in order to get to a whole new place, there had to be that place of challenge first. There's, so there's a ladder. That place which you're looking at is a place which is bringing you down is really a ladder to go to a higher place. It's, 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 it's that struggle going up and going down. And you're like, Ach, why does it make me this way? What are, you, what are you talking about? That's a gift from Hashem to reach a higher place. And that's why it says, a ladder, here Abzev, here Beryl, here David, a ladder and not steps. What's the difference between a ladder and steps? When you're going up, a ladder and steps are the same. When you're going down, there's a difference. You go down steps where you're looking, looking down. You go down a ladder, even when you're going down, you're looking up. So the idea is that even when Hashem sends you a moment, you have to realize this is part of, of your journey, your journey to make the world for Hashem, for home for Hashem. You have your tzaddik moments, like we discussed earlier, you have your number one moments, all there is is holiness. 
You have your number two moments with the challenges, you overcome the challenges, and there is the Russia moments. You made a mistake, it happens. So that mistake is an opportunity Hashem is giving you to reach a new place you could not possibly reach without that, uh, without that challenge itself. And this is, this, we get this power from Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu had these three eras. He had the era in, in Israel, the perfect era. He had the era in love and south, space of challenge, a place which of, of conf- and yet he overcomes the challenges. And then he's in, and then he's in the, the place of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, not just a place which is outside the pale. Mitzrayim is a place which tries to manipulate and take holiness and use it for the opposite. And Yaakov overcomes the challenge there and transforms that place itself to a place of All right. Any, any questions or comments? All right.